This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. So welcome to another exciting episode of the Ultimate Global Podcast. And this is an episode that we are doing uh, as a part of the special series of episodes on empowering women. Um, I think recently we invited George's wife, Sharon, to one of the episodes on International Women's Day. Uh, and after that, I had a conversation with George that why don't we have a series of women lined up for our next few episodes uh, so that we can also have uh, some women uh, faces um, on our uh, on our uh, podcast talking about different things. So we've got uh, Rebecca Rad uh, joining us for today's episode. She's the executive director of BNI Sydney, Northwest and Penrith. Her BNI franchisee is privileged to be currently ranked uh, as the number one BNI franchisee in Australia and number 20 globally. Um, and their team has grown to now over 40, eight chapter locations and more than 500 members across the region. That's a lot outperforming their very, very ambitious strategic plan, which, of course, I'm going to understand from her in a while. So, Rebecca, uh, we generally don't waste a lot of time introducing people because we want you to share your own introduction to our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Saurabh and George. Uh, my name is Rebecca Rudd. I took over this BNI franchise back in October 2018. And since that time, we've had exponential growth. And then we bumped into COVID and COVID proved some proved to, to give us some challenges for a business that is built on face-to-face human interaction. And, um, and within two weeks in those first few unusual weeks of COVID where we were locked down, we actually moved hundreds of members in all different um, technological um, ver- de- derivations onto a Zoom platform. And we did that on and off for 18 months, as you all know. And now I'm proud to say that we've successfully moved an entire region, the largest in the country, off <laughs> off Zoom. And now we're all back to face-to-face, which honestly is where the business gets done best. So I'm very proud of that, out of everything that we've done and all the growth that we've achieved and all the awards that we've won. By far, my most proud achievement is how we got through our COVID period. Yep, absolutely. So after going through all those experiences and then coming back to this topic, Rebecca, how do you feel fear and courage kind of sit together in business and how, what kind of positive or negative role they uh, it plays? Um, I've seen the positive role, but yeah, you might want to touch on both the sides of it. Courage is my word. Courage is my word and George didn't know that and the word courage bumps into me constantly which is how I it's reinforced that it's my word because everything that we do no matter how good we are at doing it it actually takes courage and courage is right on the back of fear because we are scared of failing we're scared of succeeding we're scared of what people will think of us we're scared of there's so much fear around us and that voice that tiny tiny voice that says actually you can do this you've got this that's the courage that we need to actually focus on and when we let go of that fear and we embrace that that tiny voice that's where we actually get the success that we see in so many people we've we've seen businesses thrive through COVID 
because they listened to the voice of courage that said that they could go on. And then we saw businesses, many businesses close because they just, I, I just can't do this anymore, was very, unfortunately, a very common phrase. I just can't do this anymore. It's too hard. And fear and courage are everything, not just in horrible, dark times like what we went through in COVID, but in everyday life. On a Monday morning when it's dark and rainy in the middle of winter and you have to get up at 5 for a B&I meeting that starts at 6.30. And that takes courage to get out of a warm bed and to face the day because you don't know what's going to be at that meeting, who's going to be there, how many will be absent. There are so many things that could go wrong. If we listen to that voice of fear, we achieve nothing. And I think in my life, it took a lot of courage for me to purchase the franchise in the first place. And I had, I have a very supportive husband just <laughs> kept pushing me into it and just kept saying, you can do it. You can do it. You can. And then that kind of, that person blocks out the fear because it doesn't matter whether you succeed or fail, you've got to give it a go. And that courageous step, I believe, has changed the lives of many women and men, but especially working mums, because I have exactly the same struggles as everyone else. I've got kids in the other room that I've locked the door on so that they don't come in because it's school holidays. And that's actually a problem faced by every single working mother with school-aged children, and nobody talks about it. And it takes courage to show up to a podcast knowing that they might actually walk through that door. and make me look real <laughs> well well one of the fascinating things here would be rebecca you know from a listener's point of view uh, re- as to what really defines a courageous leader uh, are there certain traits that define a courageous business leader so on the basis of your interaction with so many businesses have you found that there are some commonalities between people who are more courageous over people who are more risk averse oh what a great question Um, risk-averse and courage are not hand-in-hand, hand, and it's not one or the other, I believe. I think risk-averse people can be the most, the most courageous because they are the ones that have processed all the things that could go wrong and then take the step anyway. But I think the defining, the defining thing in a courageous business person is self-belief. That's what it is. It's actually believing that they can do it, whatever it is that they can do, whether it be... in that meeting on that day or whether it be this big vision that they have to change the world. And I think every successful business globally has actually started on the back of a very courageous person that didn't listen to the fear and actually pushed forward anyway because they truly believed there was something in them that they believed that they could do it. I think that's very inspiring. So so George uh, what was the reason for you choosing this topic for Rebecca was there anything specific in your mind when uh, when I came to you and you said that this is the right topic for her Well I think the first time Rebecca and I met was a few years back and um I I just left a uh, BNI chapter and I um uh, in the city and I wasn't intending to be in BNI for a few years yet um it didn't fit into my strategy and i think a mutual friend of ours suggested rebecca speak to me and we got together and we had a cup of coffee and she started to tell me the story about her taking over the um the franchise um and i um whilst i may not have known that it was your word rebecca i certainly have always identified it with you and um and she she just came across to me as an incredibly courageous person um i love i just love the whole energy 
Um, I could hear, I'm, my profession is business coaching, mentoring. Um, I could hear that there were traits of fear that were in there, and everybody has those, everybody. Um, yet the overpowering of that fear was this courage that this woman could um, exude on different topics. And in the time that uh, we've worked together, um, she's had to face COVID. <clears throat> she's had to face a, um, a, a region where everybody's up in arms. And even the ones that were the supporters, it was, they were, this will be successful, but it could be doom and gloom. <laughs> there was always this, there was always the negative attached to the positive. We got through that. Um, and then um, uh, Rebecca's taken on an initiative uh, of um, charities within the region, and I believe her her introducing <laughs> charities to her region is, I think, the first in the in Australia, if not the world. Um, and um, and we've recently embarked on another um, uh, idea for charities, and also a uni student idea, which is a big, weird, crazy idea that we've got. But all of that, um, she's had the courage to say. A lot of EDs wouldn't do it uh, because they'd be afraid of what's it going to look like if it doesn't work. And she's gone, you know what, I think that's good. And um, uh, her efforts, especially in the charity section, um, it shows great courage um, that she's uh, taken it on. But she she just exudes it. She just literally exudes it. And, and so she, to me, is the epitome um, of um, Nelson Mandela. I can't remember his exact saying. But he talks about um, it's not the person that doesn't have fear who's brave. It's the person that has the fear and overcomes it. This lady exudes it. And I think she's a fantastic role model, not only for women in business, men as well, but especially for women. It, you can do it. You can You're do it. You're very generous with your compliments, George. But I will, I will say this. It actually can't be about me. And that's, that's the problem. It, it sometimes gets become about me because I'm leading the region, which is holding so many businesses. But what it's actually about is who's looking at that and thinking that they can do it too. That's what it's actually about. It's always been about that. I, I come from a family of five girls. There are five, five ladies in my family. I've got five sisters plus myself. That's six. And I was the trailblazer in many ways for them. And now George is starting to meet some of them. They're coming through BNI eight years later. Took, took a while, but there we are. And what I do, I just, I'm just showing what's possible. So it doesn't become about me. It actually becomes about what I can do is what they can do, but they can actually do it better because they're more organised, they're more structured, they're, they're, they understand systems better than me. There's a, there's a lot of, there are a lot of gaps in my life and, and in my business, but I just try to do it first so that they can see, oh, that's doable. Oh, if she can do it, I can do it. You know, you say Bolt's record, but nobody could break his record. And then one day he, he just went, oh, I'm just going to do it. He did it. Then all of a sudden everybody did it after him. It's, it's the same thing. It doesn't become about the person anymore. That record yeah. is broken. It's an open floodgate. Any, it's, it's up for grabs. Go, go and get it. Go and, get, go and have your best life. You know, what's this uh, new thing, Rebecca, which I saw on your profile where you are giving a tough competition to Ultimate Global Podcast by having carpool conversations? What's this <laughs> carpool conversation? I thought you were going to I, I thought you were going to take away all our audience through that. 
I do believe George George's condition for coming into the region was he would come into my region when he was ready and that would he'd only do that if he was he did a carpool conversation. <laughs> I love those carpool cars. I've, I've actually got it. I have to re-engage my carpool audience because those carpool conversations, they were born from a woman called Anna Perdrion. She was a president of our BNI corporate chapter. And she, she was looking at my car videos and she just said, Rebecca, I've got this, I've got this idea that, you know, I think you can actually spotlight some of your best members and actually give them a voice because you've got a voice in the car. Let's share that. And um, and I started with Anna. My very first carpool video was Anna Perdrio. Funnily enough, it came up on my Facebook memories <laughs> like yesterday. So it's like such good timing that this comes up. But it's always been for me about spotlight spotlighting somebody else. It can't be about one person because then it defeats the purpose of what I'm doing. What I'm doing is a lot bigger. What George has done for me is he's opened my eyes to the world of not-for-profits. That's what's that's what's shifted. And we have had a seismic shift in the region towards charities. And now more than half of our chapters have an active not-for-profit member. Um, and we're, we're joining them together monthly in what we call a charity collective. And I think my most courageous move yet was agreeing to a $2 million got fundraising goal in three years to support our charities because God help us, you know, I'm, I'm really not for failing, but that one, I'm scared. <laughs> that has a lot of fear associated with it. <laughs> so, um, George, do you have any questions for Rebecca? Yeah, so I want to go back to, here's Rebecca and she's hanging around this thing called B&I and um, I think Ricardo was in it prior, or you, you joined for Ricardo's business originally, um, I think. Oh, no, no, no. He he joined and then yeah. I thought it was all weirdos who just get up too early in the morning and must show up in their pyjamas. The cult. <laughs> the cult. Everyone drinking Kool-Aid at 6 o'clock in the morning. So I didn't join and I was very against it for six months until my sister said to me, are you kidding me? So wait a minute. He said he'll watch the kids and you get to have a hot breakfast with a hot coffee with adults once a week. And like, Sarah, she's like, I'm why are you? Yes. <laughs> She said, why are you fighting that? And so I went for the food and I signed up that day because it was all about being in an environment that stretched you. You can't be the best person in your space. You can't be the best business person because you've got nothing to aspire to, nothing that stretches you that makes you think what's possible. So every single business in that room was better than ours and I signed up that day. And, um, yeah, Ricardo was definitely the trailblazer for B&I. I'm not going to lie. So Six months. Okay, so you're in there and you're a member and you're doing the B&I thing and we've got the green lights and all of that. How do yep. we step from, oh, well, look, I'm a member, to why don't I buy the region? <laughs> so the, so the, the structure, it was a lot smaller, 200-odd members back then, and the structure was that you became an ambassador and you earned your stripes, it's a volunteer role, and then eventually you would become a support director to support a chapter in their growth journey. And I was a support director. I earned my, it took me a couple of years, I earned my stripes, and and unfortunately, Glenn Anthony, who was an, an excellent leader, he uh, had a personal situation and, you know, his, his wife passed away suddenly, God rest her soul, and he was like, I'm, I'm done, I'm out, I want to retire, I want to move up to Coffs Harbour, I'm done. I'm selling the region. And I was very close to him because I was supporting him with the a couple of chapters. And I said, you know, Glenn, 
you know, you don't have to sell it when something big happens. You're probably better off, you know, taking some time to think before you make a very big life decision. He's very certain that's what he wanted to do. So I went home and told my husband that, you know, it's so sad. I was heartbroken. Everybody was upset. We knew Sue well, um, his wife, and I told my husband that he wanted to sell it. And Ricardo just said, how much does he want for it? And I went, no, <laughs> didn't ask, don't want it, too much, too much work, don't, I'm busy, I've got the kids, I've got your business, I've got home, full capacity, cannot take on anymore. And he went, go and ask him. And so I did, and that started a series of conversations where I had to become who I needed to be. I'm not a natural business person, I'm a people person, and I'm proud of that. So for me to embark on the sale of a business was difficult and very challenging. I was terrified was the, that it wouldn't work. Where was the tipping point, do you think, that you moved from fear, fear, fear to, you know what, and then you, and then the courage kicked in? Where was that tipping point I, for you? I had a really difficult conversation with a person during that process and I was really up. Somebody else wanted to buy it, wasn't offering enough money, but they were being mean to me. My spirit doesn't cope with people being mean to me, so I was stepping back. And I called my accountant. I was crying, I was so really upset. I just, it's all greed and money and I hated it. I hated the process. I called my accountant. I said, I'm out. If they want it, they can have it. I don't, I'm, a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm done. And he just said to me, don't be stupid. You know how to do it. You know how to grow it. You can launch chapters. Nobody can launch chapters like you. You go fight for it. And that's where it kicked in because Ricardo, he believes in me, but he's my husband. I married him. We're together for life. That accountant saw something in me. He's still my accountant and I'm starting him a B&I chapter. But he saw something. There was something there. He, when he said, you've got this, you can do this, I thought, put on your big girl pants, you're here, just get it done. And I did. And I felt that was really hard. I'm very happy I did it. Best decision ever. But, yeah, I had to overcome. There was so many I'm not good enough moments. It's too big for me. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what to do. All I could, I spent years the first two years thinking all I can do is launch chapters. And it turns out that, you know, that's, that's something good. Nobody can launch chapters easily. And I can launch chapters really easily. I mean, I've, I've more than doubled the region. We had nine chapters. Now we have 23 going on to 24. So, you know, I've more than doubled the region, almost tripled the chapter size. So it was like, oh, wait a minute, that's actually a really good thing. If that's all I can do, let's just do that. And, uh, and allow the region to, to manage itself with a team of people that can support um, groups. But, yeah, it was that moment, George, that the accountant said, don't you dare let this go. You've got this. This is worth fighting for. Yeah. So coming back then to we now move forward and we go into um, there's this cough and splutter. Oh, we're going to give it a name. We'll call it COVID. And there's one to <laughs> a million people getting it now. Where where was the fear and the tip and the, the move there again? Did, did you go through a similar sort of, oh, my God, to, you know what, we're just going to get this done? Or Denial, 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 denial. <laughs> Frederick, the national director, kept saying, get ready, we're going to go on Zoom, but we're not ready yet, but just be ready. And I was like, no, nah, never going to happen, not going to happen. I was absolutely protecting what I had in my head and the region because I didn't know what it was going to be. So it's not never going to happen. And then we got an email at the same time as every member of the entire world got an email from the CEO 
Graham Wimhyler. And in that email, he said, there will be no meetings next week. And as of the following week, we will be 100% on Zoom. And I was like, oh, crap. That's when the hit the fan and I was getting emails going is this spam I was getting phone calls going what 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 do we do we don't know what to do so I had to get my butt into gear there was no time there was no time for fear it was like get your butt into gear I was writing emails which were you know about supporting the region about we're there for you about don't be scared nothing's going to change just the format there was a lot of motivational you know trying to keep everybody calm and together but I wasn't, there wasn't one moment in that COVID period that I was scared. I wasn't scared that I would get COVID. I've never had COVID. My, my family hasn't had COVID. There wasn't a moment in COVID where I was scared of COVID. What broke my heart was, oh, we just had so much. There was so much suffering. People just struggled. It was so sad. People struggled and that was hard for me. But that wasn't fear. That was sadness. And I can't yeah. fix it. And that's hard. I think, Sarab, this is a very... Uh, relevant point uh, for society in business because in BNI, when you walk into the room, all parties are equal. It's what you do when you come into that room. Okay. Now, we had real estate agents that literally collapsed because there was no way you can sell real estate during COVID if you can't show them. And we had real estate agents that literally took off like a rocket because they came up with ways of videoing. Um, a, a friend of mine uh, was a photographer that went to, went to drones videoing and was, would, went to Canberra for a real estate agent and actually took the drone around a motel and was launched a new motel during COVID, which is just insane. It's just insane. You're talking about launching at an accommodation place, but, but it's, it's this... It's this thing where um, it's reality just is. It's what you do about it that makes the outcome. Yep. And, and it's, it's and what, who you listen to, George. It's the voice in your head. And when you succumb to that voice of it's too hard, I'm tired, it's impossible, it's too big, that's where you actually, you don't get the ideas of the drone. That's where the ideas stop. It's just a brick wall right in front of you where, okay, well, it's too hard. I'm just going to stop thinking about it now. Yeah, I'm going to start feeling sad about it. So there's a lot of people watching this um, podcast over, over the next three months, six years, whatever, and they're going to go, oh, yeah, but, like, she can do it, but I can't. What do you say to that person? Oh, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. I, if I can do it, that's why you can do it because I don't have any special skill. There is nothing here that, that separates me in any way, shape or form from anybody else, woman or man. And I had somebody ask me that the other day, what makes you different as an executive director from the other executive directors? And I'm like, absolutely nothing because we're all in the pursuit of supporting people. And if we can just remember that it's about somebody else and not about us, if we can externalise instead of internalise, if we can keep pushing it out, that means that we still have life in us because when it's, we start to push it in and, and it just it doesn't work and it just suffocates and then when we push it out, it, like, it makes it bigger and more successful and stronger and it radiates and it's such a beautiful thing to see and it spurs you on. 
and it makes you want to do it more. But there is absolutely no reason why anybody can't be successful at anything they do because all they have to do is try. You just have to do it. And then if it works, that's fabulous. And if it doesn't, try it again because what's the worst that could happen? And I think a grey-haired old man once told me that. <laughs> Over to you, Saran. And I think there's also a famous song which says, you can get it if you really want, but you must try, try and try. That's, that's, one, of, that's one of my other favorite songs in the morning. Uh, I think I told this to George a few days ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, because I think that kind of, uh, it's pretty helpful. Sometimes, you know, in sales, uh, I'm in sales, so um, sometimes you don't have enough sales. Uh, sometimes you get good sales. Um, so in the weeks when you're not getting sales, uh, and when you're feeling a bit down, that's the time when you have to, you know, charge up yourself because I feel that as a salesperson um, and as a young salesperson, I should be the most energetic in the room. I should bring in the energy and I should uh, kind of transfer that energy, not only within myself, but also to other team members uh, so that they also feel charged up in the times when there is no sales. In the times when there is sale, everyone is happy. They already have the right. energy. Uh, but in the that. time when the, when the things are not going your way or, uh, you, you know, the results are not your, your, on your side, that's the time when you need the positive kind of vibes. Have you felt like similar things in, in, your, in your side of the world, Rebecca? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. BNI is not made for a fair weather economy. BNI, you don't need BNI when everything's going great. When, you, when you're soaring and you're doing fabulously and there's heaps of work and there's lots of money, that's when BNI is null and void. BNI is built for businesses who are just starting, who don't have any customers, businesses that went, right, I've got a great idea, I've got the passion, I've got the enthusiasm, but I have nobody to do business with. Then you've got BNI. BNI is a well-respected friend for those businesses that have been in for 5, 10, 15 years because you don't bite the hand that feeds you. And it's something that the more you do it, the better it gets. So it gets very well-respected. But in the beginning, for those businesses that just woke up one day and they said, right, I've got a great idea, let's get let's get this. Oh, wait a minute. I've got, <laughs> I've got nobody to do. I've got no customers. That's where B&I comes to life. It's exactly the same when, when sales are great, you don't have to provide the energy. The energy is already there. That's why I take my role so seriously because it's very important. I've seen it firsthand what it feels like, what it looks like over and over again to get that first customer. I've got people that say to me, I just need one customer, just that first one. I'm like, I can help you with that. And I'm very proud of that. And I, I stand by that. That's my life's work because that could be anyone. That could be my husband all over again. That could be my sister. That could be my friend. That could be anyone. We have, to, we have a responsibility to actually, like you, to lift the energy in the room when there is none and for me to help businesses lift up where there's nobody to support them because you'd be surprised. Families and partners are not the biggest supporters. I'm lucky. I'm unique. I've got a husband that really backs me all the time pushes me forward but that's I'm in a minority I don't have that around me all the time so often the cheerleaders in that business person's person's life are the, are the people in their group and that makes me really proud which is why I, I keep building we need to build more strong groups we need you know if there's a mortgage broker that's sitting on his own 
and he needs a group, that's why I launch chapters. I don't launch chapters because we've got this growth. I don't have growth targets. I ask George, I'm very difficult to, to pin down to actually set growth goals, but it's about, oh my gosh, I've got one mortgage broker that needs a group. I have no group for him. So we start him a group. That's my goal. And I've, that's how I've grown this region because it can't be about growth for growth's sake. It's got to be about the person. There is one person that needs me. So we do it for so, one. So one, another question I'd like to ask you. People talk about bravery and then they talk about being courageous. They're similar but they're different in, in, in my view. How do you see the difference between bravery and courageous? Or how would you determine... What, what makes somebody courageous as opposed to, oh, that was brave? What... I, I feel like courage comes from the soul. My word is courage, not brave. I think kids have got to be brave. Kids have got to be brave to go to school. Courage is, is really deep-seated inside you. And it's, it's so deep that if you let it, you will lose it. If you allow yourself to lose the voice, you will lose it. And I think bravery, bravery is like walking a, a high wire. That doesn't, it's a different thing from courage, the courage to go on, the courage to try something new where you think people will laugh at you or think that you're not good enough or, God forbid, not buy from you. That could be embarrassing. That doesn't take bravery. That takes courage. Courage comes from the soul. I'll tell you a funny story, George. Courage has been my word for years. I don't, I don't tell people that because it's my per private word. And one day, David Gable, who, no. <laughs> one day David Gable took me to lunch, which is not unusual, but it was lovely because he took me to lunch. I didn't, it was for me. And he gives me a pin. Who gives somebody a pin? And on the pin was the word courage. And I'm like, I don't know. I must just have that aura about me, but I, I just, I just touched me so much. I thought, how did you know that, that I need it? And that was just between the lockdowns of COVID. And it's not easy. It wasn't easy. Nothing good is easy. No one gets to heaven with a feather pillow under their head. You've got to do the hard jobs. You've got to walk through the storm to see the rainbow. You don't get to see the rainbow for free. You know, you don't get to heaven for free. You've actually got to do the hard jobs. And the people that think it's easy are the people that are simple-minded. They're just not even choosing to look at what it really is because nothing's easy, is it, George? <laughs> nothing's easy. Everything is challenging. Everything good is challenging. Only one thing. Only one thing is easy what? for George, to shift from one house it? to another house over the Easter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, is he going to have internet? <laughs> he does. He does. He does. <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the last questions from my side, uh, Rebecca, for you is, I was reading this Forbes article yesterday, um, which was on how does a company establish courage within its ranks? Uh, and it wow. said that uh, there are five points of action to that. Uh, you need to utilize your core values. You need to use your leadership to create and rally believers. Uh, you need to transform business fears into courage. That's one of our topics here. Um, wow. You need to demonstrate courage to take consistent action and you need to be committed to an authentic and memorable purpose. What's the purpose of your organization or company? So that was an article by Forbes. How much do you do you kind of align with this? And do you have anything to add up to this? Uh, if any companies are looking to, you know, established companies as well, not only new, not only the new businesses, 
but even the established ones um, who might be who might have suffered a lot during covid um, and they are kind of uh, thinking how can we overcome the losses that we have suffered or how can we do better now after after covid uh, i know it's been a one year now after the pandemic but but still uh, uh, yeah. it's there's a, there's a jet lag sarab there's a jet lag with covid and even we see it in bni there's a jet lag and we can say that it's over for a year but it wasn't last year was the most challenging year of all the covid years and there was no covid in that year so it's it's a very real thing to be feeling that it's too hard to recover losses but what i do is i draw a new line in the sand and you got to stop beating yourself up about it because you cannot change it it is what it was and my dad actually said to me rebecca just let it go it was a casualty of covid and that was really how you have to get through it so now that you've drawn a new line in the sand i think courage really comes strongly from the the leader first because you have to show that it's okay to try things and it's okay if it doesn't work and it's even better if it doesn't work because it's like well that didn't work let's try something else and george i think that was you reinforcing that with the charity collective goal of the 2 million dollars in 3 years just chill rebecca we're going to do our very best to achieve that goal and if we don't and we get 1 million instead of 2 million you've still got a million dollars for the charities and i think that that is a key driver in creating a culture of courage in a business you have to be able to try things without the fear of failure because earning a million dollars for charity raising a million dollars for charities is not failure because you didn't get to two it's actually huge success because you got to one and i think who were around and i'm looking at george who were around really influences how we do that whether you're at the le- at the lead of this business or of, of this membership base or not you still have huge influences around you that really shape who you are and how brave you are and sometimes you don't know it's that that word that you say to somebody has so much power and that moment of you've got this you've really got this go and get it go and do it go close that deal don't be scared to quote do you know how many people in business are scared to quote because they 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 they're scared that they won't get it if they overquote or if they underquote or if they quote too fast or if they take too long and they're just scared they just freeze up and then they lose it anyway so it's about send the quote send the quote that's what it's about it's about that voice that somebody needs to hear um i i just love that for the idea that forbes have written an article about how to create courage in in your business is amazing yep fantastic fantastic uh, rebecca i think this episode has been an episode where i have personally learned a lot uh, on how you can overcome fear and kind of take more courageous decision i'm sure people who are listening to this uh, might find something new for them to learn when it comes to taking a brave decision not a brave sorry a courageous decision uh, in business <laughs> nice. um but but thank you so much rebecca i really appreciate uh, you spending out uh, your 30 40 minutes of your time early morning at 8 a.m um and i hope to see you again sometime soon on talking about so other topics Thank you so much. Thank you George for thinking of me and thank you Sarah for hosting me. Great okay. to have you on Rebecca. Thank you. Thanks George.
This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. 